0: Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back to another episode of seeing other people together. We're navigating modern dating alongside experts and real life daters who are sharing their stories. Don't have a date for tonight. No problem. Come learn, laugh, and maybe even cry along with us as we navigate the dating scene together. Joe Feminella, welcome to seeing other people. I am so excited to have you. I'm so excited that we're like finally face to face.
1: Thank you, Alana. Yeah, I'm so excited for this. We've been speaking for months now. We've collaborated. You've introduced me to some people who are going to be working for the app, and it's a pleasure to be here with you.
0: I love it. I'm so excited. Okay. Just to start, there's so much I want to dive into, but obviously, you are the founder and CEO of First Rounds On Me. Guys, I've talked about First Rounds On Me and seeing other people on the Instagram before. If you don't know it, you need to know it. So, I want to hear what got you to like. Why did you start a dating app? because yeah. that is a loaded question. I'm sure there's a lot of like personal background experience there that made you say like something is wrong here. And like, there's something that can be better that I can create. So let's get into that whole backstory to kick it off.
1: Yeah, so I think, I don't know how old you are and I don't want, you don't know, guess to be in asking.
0: No, guess, do it. Mm-hmm. I would say on the spot.
1: 28.
0: I'm turning 29 very okay. soon, guess. but when this comes out, I'll be 29.
1: Okay, perfect. So I feel yeah. like I'm 33. And I always say that if you're in your early 30s, you have a very unique perspective to dating and dating apps, because we actually came into our 20s without them existing. And then we are like the first testers of them. Um, and I grew up just old school in the sense of I didn't have dating apps. So if I saw somebody, you take your shot and you have all that adrenaline and it's it's, it's exciting. And I moved to New York City. And I would just go out to bars and I, as I would approach a woman, I saw a shift and a shift where immediately I thought, okay, is it me? Am I not their cup of tea? But it was consistent. And I, and I thought, well, I can't not be everybody's cup of tea. And then I started to talk to my female friends and I was like, why are women so hesitant when men approach them in bars now? And she was just so honest. She said, yeah, I think it's more common for women to feel safe meeting on an app now. And, and to me, that blew my mind. I was like, wow, women prefer apps. When, when the apps first came out, it was a stigma to meet on an app. It was like, wow, we're meeting on a dating app. Let's not tell anybody now it's okay. Let's, I prefer to meet on the app than in real life. So I was like, all right, this is fascinating. Let me go on to hinge and see what it's like. And I would go on these dates with women. And I was always like a hopeless romantic and I always was fascinated by people. So I always had the intention of, if I'm going to match with you, we're going to go on a date and see what happens. And I saw that this flow of inconsistencies and so many connections and so many conversations. And then I would talk to somebody for like a week or two, go on the date. And it was so awkward that we kind of already knew each other. So that free organic flow was lost. So I, I was like, you know, what, through this. I'm just going to ask women what they like and don't like about dating apps and they also they hated them and they all gave me the same feedback so I was like wow women have all this negative feedback about dating apps but they're all on them let me try and figure out these gaps so after like a year of doing this I figured out the gaps and long story short it made me come up with the concept of first rounds on me
0: <laughs> I have so many follow up questions we're probably going yeah. to spend this entire episode with my follow up questions so
1: much, so much to talk about
0: <laughs> so much okay First, you were having these conversations with women you were going on dates with, like about dating and dating apps.
1: So at first, like I said, the dates were me to hopefully find a partner. And then it just turned into our mutual disdain with dating apps. But then that turned into every date was disdain about dating apps. And then I kind of did it more for research than to find love.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Not in a
1: malicious way, but I was just like, let me just get these questions out over and over again and see if I can come up with some data.
0: What was your background at the time? Like, what were you doing for work or what were your career goals? Because as somebody who has, like, I worked at hinge for over two years. I get asked all the time, like, are you ever going to start your own dating app? And like, while I am doing some matchmaking now, I never in a million years would actually want to pursue starting a dating app. So what made you say like, I can do this.
1: That's a, so that's a great question. And I like to talk about entrepreneurial stuff as well. And I feel like it touches on both. So I had a finance background and I thought I had my dream job in finance. I worked at a big bank on the trading floor. I wasn't an Ivy leaguer, but I was surrounded by all these Ivy leaguers. And I thought, this is so cool. Like I, I made it. And then I kind of figured out this isn't my passion, but if I could make it to this stage, you could kind of do anything you put your mind to. So Mm -hmm. I was in bond trading, moved from bond trading to tech sales, and I did a 180, like gave up all my licenses. And I'm I'm a big risk taker. So I feel like if you want to start an app or a company, you have to be a big risk taker. So I went to tech sales. And while I was in tech sales, I had so much free time because it was like a lot of work from home. And again, I just realized I didn't know anything about tech, but I was succeeding in the tech sales world. So I just had this mindset of maybe starting an app is not as hard as people think. And then the pandemic happened and I just started to formulate this idea in my head and I literally took small incremental steps and then somehow it just turned into a beta app and then people liked it. So I thought, okay, let me see if I could raise some money and the investors liked it. And I hate to say like I pulled the Forrest Gump and fell into it, but I just feel starting the process and taking the big risks, it's not as difficult as people think to start an app or a company.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I feel the same. I kind of do feel like I fell into this. On one hand, I it's something I became super passionate about. First, it was about dating and talking about dating. And then it was helping people with their dating lives and sharing my struggles. I never set out to create a podcast or this whole brand. It's just something that happened naturally because it's something that I was so passionate about and it was like all I could talk about and all I wanted to like focus on. So I definitely relate to that experience.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think passion is the key word. I, I think if you're ever going to start a company, it shouldn't be about money. It should be, what are you passionate about? Because if, if your company is successful, regardless, money will come. Um, and I think why I'm so fascinated with dating is because I'm so fascinated with helping people feel themselves and connect and be real And just like, even if I didn't get paid that much or the app never got bought, I genuinely love helping people find love or just helping people talk to other people. It's really fascinating to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So quick recap for those who don't know, what exactly is First Rounds On Me? What makes it different than other dating apps?
1: Yeah. So as I said, based on this research of what women wanted, so I always like to say I led with with what women wanted first. So it's not a dating app made by this sleazy guy who's like, this is what I want. Um... I found three key differentiators (laughs) and I would say the first one was that a lot of women really had an issue with men not knowing what to do, right? So say you and someone match on an app and you're both into the idea of going on a date and I would say seven times out of 10, the woman would say, okay, what's the plan? And the guy would say, I don't know, what do you want to do? And women would instantly get turned off. And then I I dug into the research of that, and it was true. If if a guy does not have a plan or is confident enough to take the lead, it's a big buzzkill. So the first differentiator with us is the first point of contact is an actual date. So you're going to see someone's profile, the same as Tinder, Bumble, or Hinge, but you don't just like them and then wait for them to like you back. You actually curate a date inside the app. So you pick a drink, a time, and a place. And then you send that over to the person that you're interested in. And they'll get a date alert saying, hey, Joe wants to buy you a beer at the Soho House Friday at 8 o'clock. You could accept, reject, or suggest a new date. And then once you guys accept, that's when the second differentiator comes in, is that we only allow you to have one date per day. Because I think one of the other issues with apps and people in general is we always want the next best thing. Our mind is always somewhere else. And if you're talking to 10 people, 20 people a day and making plans with all of them, you're not focused on that person and you're not giving them the proper attention that that date deserves. So reason number two is that we only allow you to have one confirmed date per day to focus all your attention on one person at a time. Then the third thing is both from my personal experience and through getting women's perspective, a lot of people had an awkward, awkward encounter when they met on that date because they either vetted somebody too long or they got to know them too well before actually meeting in person. And you create all these ideas in your head, either this person's so amazing or you kind of find reasons why they're not amazing when you shouldn't do that because we have this like rejection mindset. So we only give you 12 hours to talk before the date. And it might sound like scary, but essentially it's a whole day. If you have a date at eight o'clock at night on Friday, your chat box opens at eight o'clock in the morning, you have a full day to kind of, have a little bit of chit chat, feel comfortable, but it makes that first date really organic. And simple questions like, Alana, where are you from? What do you do? It's so easy for you to respond to those and so easy for me to have follow-up questions. And on dating apps, those questions happen on the platform. And then when you meet them in real life, you can't ask, where are you from? What do you do? Because you, you already know. So those are the three ways we're different.
0: Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claridin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases. To to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. Bracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y Bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeingotherpeople. I think that is the biggest thing for me that limitation in the amount of time you can talk. Because I think more often than not, people get stuck having pen pals, or like, especially, you know, there are half the year it's like hard to date. Like during the summer, people are traveling, during the fall, everyone's like finally back, and they're so busy. And pe- it is cuffing season, and people are trying to go on a million dates. And so you could end up like planning a date for like a week and a half out and then you talk every single day until then and you learn this in person this person's entire life story you build up this expectation like oh my god we have such great chemistry like this person has to be the one and that puts so much more pressure on the date where that person's likely not going to be the same as they were over text. And so you can spend like two weeks telling every single friend you have how great this person is and how you're so sure that they're the one. And then you get to the date and in the first five minutes, you're like, this is not it.
1: Exactly. And I think it's so unfair to both yourself and the dater because...
0: Yeah. Again,
1: and, and there's two ways to look at it too. You could either go into it with that mindset where I think a lot of people as they get into their late 20s and early 30s, are thinking exactly what you said. This is the one. When nine times out of ten, that's not going to be the case. And it's no one's fault. It's just the odds of life. Um, So we do that. We tell our friends, this is my wife, this is my husband. They're so amazing. And on the contrary, we also, like I said earlier, find reasons to reject somebody. And I think we do that through over-research and over-googling and over-analyzing. And I think women do this specifically. And I've actually done a lot of research into this as well, because for me, I want women to feel safe. That's most important to me. I want them to feel I'm safe. I want to go out and have a good time with no issues. But if you over Google or over research somebody, you're going to find out things that you wouldn't find out until layers of trust are broken down over time. And it just gives you an easy out to be like, Oh, I Googled this guy and there's an article on him that he was at this event that I don't align with. I'm not meeting him. He's an asshole. When, You have no idea why he was there. You have no idea who he really is as a person, and you're just finding a reason to reject him.
0: When I was single, I would watch full-on YouTube videos that these guys made when they were in ninth grade. Like I the amount of stalking I did, I literally I found somebody someone's video in college giving an entire presentation in another language and like watched the whole thing, not knowing what he was talking about. I remember finding somebody's Instagram and being super turned off by the videos he was making on Instagram, even though what he was doing was actually very similar to what I was doing. And that technically should have been something for me to be like, oh, wow, that's something we have in common. But it's, it's so easy to judge people on social media. And it really becomes unfair because you're not giving this person a fair chance. And it's unfair to yourself because what if this was a really great person that you could actually be so compatible with?
1: Exactly. And I think, I think you pretty much nailed everything and you align with how I think, but yeah, we don't give that person the time to be themselves. And like, even if it's crazy, like if you match with Brad Pitt on a dating app, you're still going to, you're, you're going to overanalyze Brad Pitt and you're going to meet him and be like, oh, he's not as good as I thought when he's literally the most handsome man ever. So yeah, it's just unrealistic expectations.
0: Yeah. And, and I think we have to flip it on its head. Like if we were out there if if we knew that the people we were going on dates with were spending this much time stalking us, we're going back to like our college days, our high school days finding these things out about us, oh my God, I would be mortified, and I never in a million years would have ever gotten a date with anybody because the thing that the stuff that's out there from me in like middle school or even in high school, even in college is mortifying,
1: yeah, and I would say I'm married and we, I met my wife on Hinge actually the same way First Rounds on Me works. But if she had researched me from when I was in my early 20s, I was such an idiot that she probably would have been turned off in two seconds and never even accepted a date with me. And you just have to give human beings time to mature and time to evolve and time to grow up.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a similar thing with like asking too many people for their – thoughts on somebody, like searching mutual friends. And i definitely was guilty of this where like with Jake, my fiance, the first thing I did was like, ask a mutual friend about him, but you never know like who you're asking and what experience they have. So you might ask somebody about someone and they might have been like the best friend of their ex in college. And then they might have something like really shitty to say about them. But does that mean they're a shitty person? No. Like we all have, We're not, we're all not perfect. Like we're all imperfect human beings. And I think we get into such dangerous territory when we're judging our decision to go out with somebody based on what one person says. That being said, that doesn't mean you should go and ask 20 people because that's not a good assessment either. You just have to like trust your own gut and go and make decisions for yourselves, which is why you should go get on the date and then decide.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I think I think what you said is we need validation from someone else other than ourselves. We need someone to say, oh, this person's so amazing. You, you need to go on a date with him. You need to be their partner. And we don't validate our own feelings. And I think that's when it gets sticky, especially when you're in a relationship, when you're engaged or you're married and you fight with your partner. I quickly learned, don't tell other people and don't ask for their advice unless they're so close to you and want your best interest and are going to be so honest with you. Because you don't know what their angle is. You don't know yeah. if they have issues with their partner and they're, and they're spilling that into your situation. Um, yeah, so I think just go on a date. And my baseline is if you're attracted to somebody and they treat you really nicely, you should pursue that for as long as you think something drastically changes. And I think we as human beings are so picky on, I only want a guy who makes this much money. I only want a woman who... Um has this attribute physically. And I think it's right. so stupid because you're never gonna find the perfect person. Physicalities don't really make a huge difference in life. And we're just so programmed through social media to be like, we need the perfect person who makes the perfect amount of money, who doesn't bother me. And if I don't find that, I'm gonna be single.
0: <laughs> right. And the second I find one ick, I'm out.
1: It's crazy. I can't I have with a few friends Yeah of both sex of both sexes who have these, these uh, uh, what are they called, uh, deal breakers. And one of, them, one of them is monetary, where if a guy doesn't make this amount of money specifically, she won't even entertain him. And I have other guy friends who have physical attributes where if they don't have that physical attribute, they won't date them. And I'm like, that is, that is just a tough way to be out in the world trying to really connect with somebody.
0: It is. I mean, even in the matchmaking that I'm doing, I've, I've talked to some really great people who are like, yeah, I only date brunettes. And I'm like, well, I have this amazing girl. She's a blonde. She's not actually blonde. She is actually brunette, but she dyes her hair blonde and she has every single other thing that you would want. But now I can't present her to you because you said you don't date blondes and you only date brunettes. And that is so sad.
1: Yeah. And it's so funny because I think every guy thinks they have a physical type when they actually don't. And when I first met Hannah, I thought, I don't know why or how she even knew this, that my type was short brunettes with curvy bodies. And Hannah is a tall blonde who's very skinny. And she would always hold it against me and say, I'm not your type, why are you attracted to me? And I just said, because I'm an idiot and I thought I had the type, but I actually don't, I'm attracted to who you are. Obviously I think you're beautiful, but I'm just so attracted to you that it doesn't matter what your physical body looks like, it's just you as a person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We've talked a lot about getting to a first date and kind of what not to do before a first date. Hypothetically, let's say we get to the first date. I want to talk about do's and don'ts for first dates, what ways we can best approach first dates, how to have the right mindset for a first date. So we talked about this idea of putting like the more time we spend talking to somebody, we build up this image of them in our mind. There's so much pressure. How can we kind of go into a first date without that pressure of like, this person has to be the one?
1: Yeah. So I would say go into a first date with the mentality of you're just enjoying a drink with a friend. Just You're simply just going enjoying a drink with another human being and all you want to do is just learn about them. Similar to like, if I met you, you're engaged, I'm married. If I met you, I would just be like, Alana, tell me everything about yourself. I just want to get to know you as a person. And I think that should be the baseline on a first date. And I think that's why a drink or a coffee date is the most ideal because it takes off that pressure. Because if you commit to, and I know a lot of people are like, I love activities for a first date, or I I need to go to dinner. It sounds good in theory, but in my opinion, there's no easy outs. So I think you don't want to add layers of pressure. You don't want to add layers of anxiety. Go get a drink with somebody. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. And just get to know them and if it keeps going well extend that for however long you want and if it's not going well you have such an easy out to say hey this was great getting a drink with you i actually have plans tonight with my friends but maybe we'll do this again sometime so i think the do's and don'ts that would be my first step into going into a date
0: two things one is it okay to say like maybe we'll do this again sometime if you know that you don't want to do this again sometime Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up, and I get it. for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10. Is it chemistry or anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later.
1: So I'm all about being forward, but I'm also not about being mean and too forward. So people say ghosting, right? And ghosting is so unique because if I went on a date with someone once, I'm not going to text them and and say, "Hey, we had a drink. This was great. You're not my person. I don't think that we aligned, so I'm not going to date you anymore." When we went on one date because it's it's really awkward and why would that person even care? I think that you should be honest, but I don't think it's bad to say, "Hey, I have to run or you know let me reevaluate the situation yeah I mean, I appreciate people being forward and honest, but you you just don't know the other person on the side, and it can go south pretty quickly That's yeah. My you assessment. never
0: know how somebody's going to react I, I agree. I mean, I don't think I've ever in my singlehood, I don't think I ever like left a date. A, early, like cut it off early, or B, like said, this was nice, but I'm not into you. Like, I don't think I ever said that. and I specifically remember one date is coming to mind where I knew right from the start that I was not into it. Um, and it ended up being like a two and a half hour long drink state. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get it to end. And when it did end, he like wanted to walk me home and I like let him walk me halfway home. And then he was like, I'd love to like, see you again. Like, let's do this again. And I was like, yeah, we'll plan something. And like, I just didn't know how to put like, let this person down easy. And I was so afraid to be confrontational in that way. Cause I didn't want to hurt his feelings. Like there was nothing wrong with him. He was really nice. I just was not into him, but. I could not get myself to be honest about how I was feeling until he texted me asking for another date, and I had to say like I, the connection's not there
1: for me. but I think that's perfect. I think that is yeah. the most mature easiest way to handle it from both sides because, like you said, if in your head, if you never wanted to see him again and you told him that on the spot, you just don't know how specifically a guy's going to react. he might get so angry and you don't want to feel unsafe and he might get offended and he might say nasty things to you, or he might look at you and say, oh, I actually don't like you either. And right.
0: Make the whole and situation you're like, Oh, oh
1: my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think yeah, just be kind. And you always know in the back of your mind, how you feel and when they reach out, because they will, if they like you, you just say exactly what you said. I think, I think that's how I would receive it perfectly, but yeah. Forwardness yeah. can be tough sometimes.
0: <laughs> As someone who went on a lot of dates how do you think somebody can make the most out of a first date if they get into that situation where they show up and they immediately know they're not feeling it? How can they still get something out of the experience?
1: Yeah. So even for me personally, I don't know about you, every date that I went on and I met somebody in person, I learned so much. I learned what I don't want. I learned what I do want. I learned what I can do better. I learned how to communicate. I learned new things about them, even if I wasn't physically or emotionally connected to them so i think it goes back to my original point of just enjoy the moment there are so many dates when i showed up to the date i knew instantly okay there's this is going to be the one and only date i'm ever going on with this person but i still wanted them to have a great time with me and not not try and sleep with them but just connect and feel valued and let's have a great time and get to know each other and learn what we like and don't like about dating and create a new experience. And I think every dating story, what even if it works or doesn't work, is a story for your life. So you tell these stories yeah. now on podcasts and you it leads you to your now fiance because you knew what you wanted and what you didn't want. So yeah, just embrace every opportunity, even if it's not going anywhere.
0: Absolutely. No, even that terrible two and a half hour long drinks date that I went on, like I now have that story as like, a bad date that I went on story where we were in the corner of this restaurant. So it was very hard to get our like bartender or server to come over to us. And we both had a drink and I was like, okay, there's no way we're like going to get another round. Cause we have literally nothing to talk about. And I've never felt more awkward in my life. And then when the server finally did come over, I was so sure that we were going to be like, no, Blake, just a check. And this guy ordered another drink, even after I said I didn't want one. (laughs) But now I have that story to share about how painfully awkward I felt at one of my favorite restaurants.
1: Yeah. It happens. You probably learned, (laughs) I need to be more assertive in telling someone, I don't want to be full. Let's leave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Are there conversation topics that you think are off limits for a first date?
1: I never like to say what you should and shouldn't do. I just like to say what I prefer and what has worked for me. I think if you go into a first date with deep questions, I love deep questions, but if you go in with specific deep questions about, do you want kids? Do you want to be married? I feel like that adds a layer of pressure that's unnecessary for a first date. I think it's important to get that out in the first three dates because you do want to be intentional about what you want. But when you come into a first day and say, "Do you want kids?" and your your data is now based on that guy's response, because if the guy or the girl say, "No, I don't," and you do want kids, in your mind, you're already like, "Well, this is going nowhere because I asked this question." So I would say, really get to know somebody, really get to know who they are, but don't ask them big life altering questions because you're probably not going to get the response you want. And it's probably going to scare somebody.
0: Yeah. What are the types of deep questions that you did ask when you were dating?
1: Um, well, when, when Hannah and I went on our first date, we just talked about how we viewed the world. Like what, what are we passionate about? What, what makes us tick? What, what our childhood experiences were like? Um, she was from Australia. So I had so many questions about Australia I have an Italian background, so she had so many background uh, questions about my background, and I think it's just getting to know why someone ticks and what makes them excited about life and what they think about life. You know, there's so many questions to ask about. You know, how do you think we got here in the universe? And it might overlap into religion, which I don't think is that important on a first date either. But just feeling somebody out and getting to know what makes them tick is really cool.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'm curious in terms of you and hannah and your first like few dates or your early dating experiences or just your first date was there anything that was less like traditional that you guys did or anything that came up there where like with somebody else you wouldn't have been into it but because it was her and you were into her you were like yes
1: oh yeah i mean the first second i initiated a date with her she said okay i'm a vegan so we have to go to a vegan restaurant and maybe in my younger years, being a stupid young man, I would have said, I'm not going out with a vegan because I don't eat or think that way. But I thought, wow, she's so cool. And why not try something new? And again, that's, it's not something so serious, but it is a pretty big No, but it, a
0: lot of people would write somebody off for something like that.
1: Yeah. And to date a vegan or to even you know go to a vegan restaurant, it is a big step for a first date and again it's something that it, it brought up a lot of conversations about why she's a vegan and you know tell yeah. me tell me the reasoning behind this and i think that spiraled into us build shedding down those layers of trust where we could ask deeper questions because maybe we start off with vegan questions and our responses were so interactive and nice that it allowed us to shed into family and politics and religion. And yeah, you just just let it snowball. And I think that that was probably the first thing that showed me she was different.
0: (laughs) I love that. I do have friends who are vegan and are like celiacs that are gluten-free. And I know how afraid they are to put that on their dating app profile or to mention that even when planning a first date with somebody, because they have had so many people just write them off because of that. But I think it just goes to show like, the right person who is mature enough and emotionally aware and emotionally available enough to want a real relationship is going to say like, okay, like that's fine. That's not something that's going to be a deal breaker for me. And versus people who maybe aren't ready for that. Fine. If they want to not go out with you because of that, then that's not the person you want to be with anyway.
1: Exactly. And I think being a vegan allowed us to talk about other things like politics totally. and yeah again, I'm not so politically aligned, but we did bring up things politically that we definitely were not on the same page about. And because I thought she was different and special, I thought, why would I allow politics to make a decision on dating this person, which would be so ridiculous. And over time, dating somebody and communicating more, our politics actually aligned more because we kind of learned from each other. But Yeah. Again, maybe if I really didn't connect with somebody or I didn't think that they were different, I would have thought, okay, you don't align with me about this specific policy. Why would I ever date you? Because we're just going to disagree.
0: Right. It's almost like this concept of like, if somebody who you're not that into or who you're on the fence about, like does something or says something that could rub you the wrong way, it's really going to rub you the wrong way. But if you're really into that person and they do that thing or say that thing that's maybe like on the border, you don't care because you're really into them.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think on our third date, this was happening a lot where I never felt this way. And all these decision-making interactions were making me think so differently that I got so scared. And I said, I think that we should uh, not see each other anymore. And she was so shocked. She said, what do you mean? Like, we get along so well and we're so attracted to each other. And I got so scared and shut down and I just thought I need to run because this could be this could be my wife. And I think a lot, women need to know this as well. When a guy gets quiet or pulls away, I hate the cliche that means he's not into you because it could be the exact opposite, that he's so into you, that he's so scared that he he might never be able to talk to another woman outside of you again in his life. And as a idiot man, we get really, I don't know, scared.
0: (laughs) How can a woman though, on the receiving end of that, I guess, be patient with that? Or what should a woman do if they are experiencing that situation where he's kind of pulling away? They feel like it's out of character because everything has been going so great. But I feel like there's this weird thing of like, well, do I just sit here and like wait for him to come around? Or do I say like, what's going on? What are you doing? Like, let's fight for this. I feel like that's such a weird situation to be in, especially because it could just be that they're pulling away because they're not interested. But it could be the exact situation you were in where you really, really liked her. And that's a really scary thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love people who take their shot and are assertive and say say, I, say I was pulling away what does she have to lose for me to say, ah, I don't like you or, or I ghost her like uh, it sucks, but what does she have to lose? But also uh, I know this is another cliche, but I think women are so much more mature and emotionally intelligent than men that if you take a hold of the situation and just literally make it so mature where you call them up or text them and say, Hey, I know you've had a great time. But I feel like you're pulling away, which is fine. But can you just give me more context into why? Just so I'm not confused. Because I feel like we have a really good respect for each other. So maybe you could help me understand the situation. And I think being so mature, it gives the man no other option than to be honest. And that's what happened with me. She was so mature. She sat me down and she said, what do you mean that you don't want to see me anymore? Like why? And she was so mature about it. I I didn't know what to do. I said, okay, honestly, this is why. And she just took control of the situation and said, we can go whatever speed you want. I just really like you. And, you know, I wanted to lay all my cards out there. So you take it or leave it. And I was so sh- shocked. I said, this is such a powerful woman. I can not give up on this. So I think that would be my, my feedback.
0: My face hurts from smiling. I love that story so much. And I think that's like such good advice, guys. Like write this down, like take notes, like send this to a friend who needs to hear it right now because I think that's really, really wise. And just going back to the concept of you have nothing to lose, either they're pulling away because they're gone. You may as well get your answer or they're pulling away because they're scared. That's, an an- that's something you want to know. That's so that you know you can do something about it and not lose this amazing connection.
1: Yeah, and I think... I think there's a stereotype of a woman being needy or crazy when she's like, text me, text me, text me. And I think if you approach it the right way, you could look so powerful and good. And there's only so many outcomes that could happen and you're always in control of the situation. And I think, yeah, there, yeah. those stereotypes don't really exist, but just if a guy doesn't get back to you, just screw him. It's his loss really.
0: Yeah. And pick up the phone if you're going to confront somebody about something serious. Pick up the phone. Don't do it over text. <laughs> um, okay. I have some listener questions. I think people would love your insight on this. People also, I, there's nothing the Seeing Other People family loves more than a guy's perspective. So really happy to have you here to help with these. Um, first one, in terms of dating app photos, do you guys prefer natural looking photos or photos with makeup?
1: yeah, so th- again, this is my preference. I can't speak for all men. Um, I personally prefer natural beauty, and that doesn't mean no makeup because I feel like when a woman puts makeup on it, it elevates her and it's like a man putting a suit on where it elevates us and we feel more confident. So I do like a little bit of makeup, but as natural as possible, but th- th- you get five, six photos in a dating app, right so. I feel like there's so many good ways to mix and match. And I think having a photo of you in a nice gown or in a nice dress with makeup on is great, but then also a photo with you maybe doing something athletic or something fitness-wise where you don't have makeup on and it's just the natural you because you don't want surprises. I think both sexes don't want surprises on a first date. And that's also why I'm I'm never really shallow, but you should show your whole appearance, and I don't mean a woman or a man showing their abs or their bikini photos, but you should show who you really are. You should have a full-length picture to show how tall you are, to show how physically you present, because you just don't want surprises on a first date.
0: Yeah. And you also don't want to feel like you could possibly be disappointing somebody like, oh, well, like I, I, a lot of people come to me saying they've gained weight and they're really afraid of what to do on dating apps and they want to use old pictures. And what I say is, yeah, you could use old pictures if you want, but then you're not going to feel confident going into dates. You want to know that the person that you're about to meet already knows you for what you look like and all of you. And they've already said, yes, I want to meet this person. Otherwise, you're going to be so self-conscious that you're not going to even be able to like focus on the date or enjoy being there because you're going to be so worried of like, does this person think I'm catfishing them? Like, did they notice the weight gain? Like, are they disappointed? You want to go in confident that this person has chosen to go on a date with you because of who you are. And again, anybody who doesn't want that because you gained 20 pounds, like, bye. See ya, don't need you.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best advice for anyone meeting somebody else in life. Be your real self because like you said, they're going, they want to go on a date with you. They don't want to go out on a date with the best version of you or the fakest version of you. And a lot of people on dating apps present themselves the way they think the other person wants them to be instead of just being who they are. And I think yeah. exactly what you said makes the most sense. Be who you are to the core because whoever wants to go on a date with you is, wants, to, wants to go on a date with you and it makes you confident to just be you. So I think that is the best advice.
0: Absolutely. How important is confidence in dating? I recently had a guy tell me that it was unattractive that I wasn't confident.
1: So for me, that is the thing I'm most attracted to is confidence and it's tough because a lot of people have past trauma and past situations in life that pulls away from their confidence. Um, But I do think it's on the person to build themselves back up because if you're meeting somebody who's not the most confident, you feel like there's some self job or self work for you to help them be more confident, which you don't want to go into dating somebody with that perspective. Um, Yeah. And I think, people think confidence is based off of how much money they make or how they look when it's not true. I I think the most confident people come from all walks of life. They could have the shittiest job. They could be the shortest. They could be the biggest, but having that confidence is so powerful and so attractive. And I think try and find your inner self to be confident, but don't look to social media or look to, celebrities to think that that's what confidence looks like.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I I think, yes, confidence can be a really, really difficult thing to gain to learn how to do. But I think it really just comes down to knowing who you are and really accepting yourself. Because once you accept yourself for who you are, you can be so confident about who you are. Like You'll know that this is who I am. Like Take me or leave me. And I think that will kind of inspire the rest of that confident energy to come out.
1: Yeah. And I don't know how old your user, your audience is, but, and I don't like to be the old statesman who tells younger people what to do, but if you're in your twenties, don't feel pressure and don't be upset that you're not the most confident because your twenties is built for you to find out who you really are, whether it's a career, whether it's dating, whether it's confidence, And as you get later into your 20s, you really figure out who you are. And that's why a lot of people, when they're 29, 30, they're like, if people don't want to hang out with me or don't want to be my friend, I don't care because this is me and this is what I want to do. And that's everything in life. And I think as you get into your early 30s, that's when you'll be your most confident. So just don't feel too much pressure. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What is the easiest way to tell if a guy that you've been dating is really into you or is just looking to hook up?
1: I mean, I feel like women should know this pretty easily. And there's so many ways to look at it. Obvi- the obvious ones are the, the dates that he's throwing out at you or the times of meeting. Um, yeah, and I think your example of your date with a guy ordering another round of drinks, to me, I didn't want to say it in the moment, but it seemed to me he knew there was, well, you knew there was no connection. So why would you stay on the date? But it seemed he was just kind of trying to get a little drunker with you to see if something could happen. So mm-hmm. I feel like read the room and pay deep attention to the questions being asked and the plans being made. Also, if you want a guy to be a booty call, then I guess that's good. But make it intention. Make your intentions heard where you're saying, hey, I want to meet you at eight o'clock on a Friday night. This is the plan. Or... You haven't asked me any questions about myself. Why do you keep asking me what I'm wearing or um stupid questions? I feel like Yeah. I feel like it's pretty easy to gauge that.
0: Do you think it would be received well for this person to straight up say like here's what I'm looking for, what are you looking for? Or if do you think in that case if the person is just looking to hook up, they would lie about it to continue getting that?
1: I think letting it known as soon as possible is great. Because again, especially men in their early twenties, living in New York city, there is a part of us that not disrespectfully, but is looking to just have fun. And you as the woman, if you're not looking for that, if you say that up front or pretty quickly, it at least allows us to look in the mirror and say, okay, let me not be inappropriate. Let me understand that she's not looking for a booty call let me respect her, and change the way I'm talking to her. So I think there's no downside to saying that. Yeah,
0: agreed. (laughs) If a guy says that he doesn't want a relationship early on, do you think he would ever change his mind?
1: I think that if a guy says that, it means he either doesn't want a relationship with you or he's just... I guess being honest, so why would, you want, why, why would you want to change somebody's mind into being in a relationship with you? It goes back to our point earlier. Don't force or push somebody to be in a relationship with you. You should want somebody who wants to be with you. And again, if, you, if you're dating them and things start to go off the rails or there's issues, then you could start to have that communication and try and figure it out. But if you're going into it on a first date or a second date and he says, I don't want a relationship, either he doesn't want it with you or why would you want to push him down that road? Because yeah. then you're, you're always going to be craving for his approval, which you should not want.
0: Yeah. And from personal experience, the uh, probably 27 times I did try and say and change their mind, they're not going to change their mind. So walk away with some dignity while you still have it. I made the mistake for all of us too many times. So like, please spare yourself. <laughs> don't say, don't try and convince them. Um, (laughs) oops okay last question my favorite question to ask what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received
1: uh that you need to not expect somebody to love you the way that you love them because i think when we when we love somebody some type of way and they don't reciprocate that exact type of way we think they don't love us or that they're doing something wrong but they just love us in a different way. And I think that's when love languages comes into play and communication, like communication is so key. But yeah, if, if you make your spouse dinner and that's your way of showing her that you love her and she doesn't do that for you, it doesn't mean that she doesn't love you. She just doesn't like cooking you dinner. She likes showing you love in other ways. And I think understanding that and communicating that to each other is the key to success in my opinion.
0: I've never heard that, and I love it so much, and it makes so much sense. So thank you for sharing that. I really, really love that. Of course, (laughs) Joe Feminella, thank you for being here. Where can everybody find you? Where can everybody find First Rounds on Me? Shout out all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, so thank you for having me. This was great. Um, You are doing such an amazing job with dating podcasts and spreading the genuine, intentional way and mature way of people to date. So our Really love being a part of your collaborations and working with your audience. Um, I could be found First Rounds on Joe on Instagram. And then our app is First Rounds on Me. And then on the App Store, it is F-R-O-M-E, from or First Rounds on Me, Android and iOS.
0: Amazing. You guys have to check it out. I will have all of that linked in the show notes. Joe, thank you again for being here. You guys, thank you for listening. Send this episode to a friend, send it to the group chat, share it on your story, tag us. And I will talk to you guys next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own dating horror stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I'm obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OK Podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL.